Um, first, I just want to say thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Conaway. I'm the pastor here at City on a Hill Church, and uh, we're just glad that you chose uh, to, to spend time with us. If you're joining us for the first time, you can let us know uh, on Facebook. You can let us know if you're joining us here today uh, online. Uh, I mean, uh, here, then you can actually fill out a card and you can drop it in the offering box, which is just outside those doors. We're doing the no contact just to keep everybody safe. Uh, you know, we have our masks and all those things. Obviously, I'm behind the glass here today so that I'm able to preach uh, effectively to you this morning. I want to remind you that you can already reserve your seats for next week's service. This morning, you can see Pastor Candace, you can see Laurie, you can see some of the other teammates that are out there to help you get situated. You can also email Pastor Candace at candacesmith at cityonahillchurch.tv. And she will write your information in, or one of our office volunteers will write your information in. By the way, if you have a desire to, to serve in our office, um, uh, Pastor Candace could always use some extra hands there. So if you have some skills and gifts and you'd like to serve in our office, uh, our office is open from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., uh, you can let Pastor Candace know uh, through that email. You can call. Uh, us at 727-851-9999. Most importantly, we want to be available. Uh, we have not shut down throughout this whole pandemic because we wanted to be available to make sure that we're here to care for you and love you. We have people that are caring for our vulnerable that are still out moving around, taking care of them, calling one another. I encourage you to call folks, speak to people, talk to people, remind uh, people um, that they are missed and loved. And if you're watching online and you haven't got a call, call us, call somebody, and uh, make sure that you're making that effort. One of the worst things in the world is when people say, no one called me, and then I always ask, well, does your phone make outgoing calls? It's pretty amazing because these phones, they actually, they do outgoing and you're not, and incoming, both. So if you're missing us, we're missing you too. So I know it's miraculous, uh, and my older sister, if you're watching, girl, this phone works. You can call me. You can call me. She'll, she'll call me back and say, you never call me. And I'm like, well, why did you call me? You called me because I called you. Anyway, back to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but again, we do want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving as well. Online giving uh, is a blessing. You can give in person. Um, uh, right at, out the doors. You can drop your uh, gifts there. You can uh, make your contributions to God there. Uh, you can mail it in. There's a lot of different ways, but our app is one of the simplest and easiest ways. COA-FL is the app. It's free, and you're able to give. You also get Monday motivation. Anybody been getting the Monday motivation? Sometimes you need it, because I don't know about you, but Monday has a way of being Monday. Amen. So I start at 8 a.m. for you. So I'm trying to get you off to a good start because some people before Monday even get started, Monday already got started. So uh, then there's also push notifications, just some encouragement. You have a Bible. There's a lot of different things on the app so you can take advantage of that. But again, your faithfulness has allowed us to continue during this pandemic to not just do what we do, but we've been able to feed hungry people in India, Nicaragua. We've been able to continue to minister to people in St. Petersburg. We've been able to do all of those things uh, because of your faithfulness. So thank you for that. Let us uh, be grateful to God for his mercy and love. 
and, uh, and, and, and our ability to, to minister together and our ability to be faithful to God, even in tough times, because that's when our faithfulness is uh, tested at most. Um, this morning, we continue in our series called Lamentations. And as, uh, as we continue in this series this morning, um, you know, I, man, I, I tell you, the Lord has really been teaching me how to lament. And um, this morning is no different. I feel a deep sense of lament. There are some things that I'm lamenting right now. Some things that I'm lamenting. Um, and, and the truth is, I, I'm nervous this morning. Um, you know, I'm, it's the second week back. I should have been nervous, more nervous last week. I'm usually nervous every week. Most people say you'd never know. Uh, but when you're handling the Word of God, um, it's, it's a big responsibility. The Bible tells me that I'm going to be held accountable for everything that I teach. And I'm going to be judged more strictly than you. And so I take this very, uh, very, very seriously. And so, uh, but, but here's what I know. I know what's at stake. And so I feel a deep sense of lament and a deep sense of responsibility because I know what we can lose. I know what we have lost. But I know what we can lose. But I choose to trust God and I choose to preach anyway. Because I know what's going to happen. What's going to happen no matter what I do, no matter what I say, I'm going to offend some white people. I'm going to offend some black people. I'm an equal opportunity offender. I'm going to affect some Democrats. I'm going to affect some Republicans. I'm going to affect some independents. I'm going to affect all the experts. And Lord knows I've never met so many. And everybody that's in the know. If I had a dollar for every person who told me, well, see, I'm special because I know some things nobody else knows. Wow. Well, let me just write your opinion down. I know I'm going to affect the maskers and the no-maskers. The maskers and the no-maskers, they're going to kill you either way. They're going to offend you too. And here's the truth, I'm going, to offend, I'm going to offend them because they're deaf. They're deaf to God's word, but they're not deaf to worldview, opinion, politics, race, religion. They're not deaf to those things, but they're deaf to the word of God. I'm lamenting, well, we have a church when this is all said and done. When I talk about church, I'm not just talking about City on a Hill Church, but I'm talking about the church when it's all said and done. There are contemporary people who are saying church is never going to recover. We'll never see full churches again. Really? That's all it took to kill the church? Because we've never faced racism before. Oh, ever. And the world has never seen a pandemic. So it's over. But what I'm worried about is will we have a diverse church? Because I'm already seeing it. I'm seeing white people talk about their whiteness. 
And I'm seeing black people talk about their blackness to the point where they're unapologetic and don't care about the other person. I'm seeing it. You can delete me if you want. I thought we had something special. I thought you loved me. I thought I loved you. But now my whiteness is going to be a reason that we're no longer brothers and sisters or, or your blackness is no longer going to be a reason? Really? This is where we're at? I'm lamenting. I'm lamenting this. I don't care what God says. I'm telling you, I'm justified in hating people. Really? I didn't see that. So as we look at Lamentations, I'm trying to find hope. I'm trying to find extraordinary hope in the midst of extraordinary adversity that's happening globally, nationally, and personally. I'm not asking you to apologize because you're white. I'm not asking you to apologize because you're black. I'm not asking you to apologize. I'm asking you to apologize because you're a sinner in need of a Savior. A true lamentation is when you and I admit that we're sinners and that we have sin. And until God deals with our sin and until we repent, we're not going to change. So my lament is, will we even be here in the end? The value of lament is finding the reality of hope in God. If you don't like black people, if you don't like white people, if you don't like Spanish people, if you don't like Canadians, you ain't going to like heaven. This just in. I'm grateful there's going to be some gospel in heaven because I can't live without gospel music. You know what I'm talking about? Lord knows. But I believe we can unearth these precious nuggets of trust and hope through the rubble. But if you're not digging through the rubble, if you're piling it on, if you're piling it on, we ain't going to find hope. If every time I dig something out and you throw more on top, how can we get anywhere? My soul aches this morning. The book of Lamentations is a memorial to the pain and the confusion and the destruction of everything the people of Israel knew. And right now our lives are a memorial to the pain and confusion of everything that we knew now lays to waste. But will you build or will you tear down? You won't build until you lament. Sil suffering in silence is not an option. We must speak, but we must speak God's word. It must be a virtue from the book. Suffering in silence is not the answer. And please don't deny your emotions. I told you before, I want you to be righteously angry because if you're just angry, physically angry, spiritually angry, then you ain't going to do nothing until the next headline. But when you're righteously angry, you're going to do more now. 
I'm asking you to voice your, uh, your frustrations in protest. But protest to God first. Before you talk about somebody else, talk to them to God. Jesus, help me. My heart is aching. I can feel clicks. I can, be cli- I can feel the clicking off right now. Click, 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 click. I'm sure there's a YouTube video I can be watching right now that will tell me my opinion. Hey, Pastor Glass, just keep preaching. Yeah, because people are missing it. I need a YouTube to tell me my, tell me my opinion. Because I'm not smart enough to figure one out for myself. I'm not interested enough to find out what's happening. And I'm not going to use the people that I know. I'm just going to let them tell me what people are and who people are. Instead of the personal relationships that I have with people that allow me to shape the true nature of what's taking place. You've got to vent your feelings. You've got to pour out your frustrations to God. The poet here in Lamentations, he doesn't leave us nice and clean and neat. No, no, no. You know what he leaves us with? God, you're on top. You're God. We're not. We hope you're with us. That's how Lamentations ends. I'm going to read it to you uh, at the end. Lamentations 5.22. We hope you're with us. Let me tell you, he's not with you if your opinion is formed by somebody other than him. If the word is not where you're getting your opinion, he's not with you on the issue. Everybody, everybody's got their candidate that is the God candidate. Hallelujah. Right? And everybody's got their opinion and God's on our side. When are you going to get on God's side? Somebody call my mama and tell her I'm trying to preach. (laughs) Mama, if you're watching, I'm trying. We're left with faith, man. We're left with hope in the midst of heartache and hardship. That's where we're left. Lamentation shows us that we need to lament and that, that our pain and our grief and our lament are a crucial part of our faith journey. Until you know how to lament in this broken and sin-sick world, until you experience pain and grief, you'll never know if you have true faith. Unless you're flying around in Learjets and riding in limousines. That's what people would have you believe faith is. Faith is not that. Faith is when you're down to your last box of rice and you don't know what's going to happen, but you know God's good. Faith is when you don't have money for your kids' school clothes, but God provides. Faith is when the diagnosis comes in and they say you ain't going to make it. They said that 20 years ago and here you are. That's faith. So how do we pray, man? How do we pray during this time? How do we pray? We cry out, man. It's the first thing I want you to see this morning. You have to cry out to God to see our pain. We cry out to God. He knows it, but he needs you to voice it still. God, do you see this pandemic? 
Do you see people are dying? God, do you see the racism? Do you see the hate? God, do you see the hate of our Christian brothers and sisters who are hating on each other? God, do you see our world? God, do you see it? Will you notice it? Cry out. Lamentations 1.9, her uncleanness was in, was in her skirts. She took no thought of her future. Therefore, her, uh, her fall is terrible. She took no thought of the future, so her thought is terrible. She has no comforter. Oh Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy has triumphed. God, it seems like the enemy's winning. People are still dying. Racism's still running rampant. God, we need you. You see, the acts of our heart, listen to me, the acts of our heart are first experienced through our inward and outward senses. The acts of our heart are experienced in our memories. They're experienced in what we see. They're experienced in what we hear. And what we see and what we hear and what we memorize right now are what are affecting our soul. These terrible tragedies affect our senses before they get to our soul. And we need God. God, see me. God, my memory is leading me astray. God, what I see and what I hear, what I put in my eye gate and what I put in my ear gate is affecting my mouth gate because it's in my heart. God, see us. Lamentations 1.11 says, All her people groan as they search for bread. They trade the tr- their treasures for food uh, to revive their strength. Look, O oh God, and see, for I'm despised. Lamentations 1.20, Look, again, look, O oh Lord, for I am in distress. My stomach churns. Anybody's stomach sick right now? My heart is wrung within me because I have been very rebellious. In the street, the sword bereaves. In the house, it's like death. Lamentations 3.19, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. We must learn how to cry out to God in our pain. Lorena knows when when I'm in distress because she hears Clint Brown playing. She knows some things only get worked out by Clint Brown. When I'm suffering, when people who you love turn against you, when you don't know which way to go and you don't know if you're going to make it this time, all of a sudden you hear, I need your mercy and I need your grace. I need your hand leading the way. I can't make it without you, not for one day. I need your mercy. And then, Lord, I praise you. And if the sun says I won't rise and dark clouds fill my skies, Lord, just know that I will always give you praise. And when trouble's on the way, I will always say, no matter come what may, I'll always give you praise you are the love of my life you are the hope that I cling to you mean more than this world to me I wouldn't trade you for silver and gold I wouldn't trade you for riches untold it says I couldn't live one day without you you see I don't have the strength to make it on my own when you hear those songs I'm waiting on you God Waiting on you. I'm patiently waiting on you. I ain't worried about the time. 
Because, Lord, I seem to find strength while I'm waiting on you. See, that's the soundtrack of my lamentation. That's when my eyes can't, can't stop tears. And that's when my heart can't express how it feels. I cry out, God, see me. And then I say, God, was it me? Search me first before I talk about them. Was it me? Did they leave because of me, God? If they left because of your word, that's on them. But if they left because of me, God. You see, the second thing we got to do is we got to take responsibility. We got to take responsibility for our own sin in any way we've contributed to our own or other suffering. Until you and I take responsibility for the suffering we have brought upon ourselves and the suffering we have brought upon others, we will never understand. Practicing racism to combat racism is foolishness. Practicing racism to abolish or combat racism is idiotic. Knowing the good you ought to do and not doing it. Because I'm going to withhold it from them because they withhold it from me. Well, if you withhold and they withhold, nobody has. And who's right and who's wrong? Well, I'm right. My heart breaks. Lamentation says, why should a living man complain? A man uh, about the punishment of his sins. That's what Lamentations 3.39 says. What you complaining about? You need to shut up. When you're the cause of your own sin, then you're going to complain about your sin. Look at what you did to me, God. God didn't do that to you. You made some choices. Now, He can get you out of it. But until you own it, He ain't getting you out of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and Brother Podium here are preaching today. Is it bulletproof, though, is the question. Y'all thought that this is actually the Pope glass right here. I knew things were going to be tough when I got back. I said, build me a Pope shield. Mama, I think I'm coming home. We have transgressed and rebelled and you have not forgiven. You know why he hasn't forgiven? Because you haven't repented. You know why I'm not forgiven? Because I haven't repented. How can the only way that you can actually be forgiven is if you repent. I'm not talking about remorse for getting caught. Because you ain't sorry. You just sorry you got caught. I'm talking about true repentance that comes from God. You're right, I'm wrong. The crown has fallen on, this is Lamentations 5.16, the crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Until we get that right, we ain't going to see an end to any of it. You see, chapter 2 of Lamentations, it takes time and it 
carefully details the destruction of Jerusalem and the consequence of sin. You see, because they had a covenant agreement with God and they began, co- they began violating their covenant. And let me tell you something, church. Let me tell you something, church. Jesus does not play well with other gods including the God of religion, the God of race, the God of Democrats, the God of Republicans, the God of everything else. And you know what their first sin was? Worshiping other gods. And then they started to create injustice. You know why they created injustice? Because they were justified in their injustice. And then you know what they did? They started doing the first thing everybody does, oppress the poor. Let's oppress the poor. And God, he's slow to anger, but make no mistake about it, he's just. And just in case you forgot, he used Babylon, which was 1,200 times worse than Israel, to correct. Matter of fact, the the Israelites, the the people in Jerusalem were mad that God chose Babylon because they were such a group of heathens to correct them. They actually complain. You need to read the book of Nehemiah. They actually complain. You need to read the book of Habakkuk. They actually complain. I can't believe you're using them to correct us. You know how bad they are? God's like, yeah, that's why I picked them. So you know how bad you are. We're quick to point fingers, aren't we? I thought I did it last week, but I'll finish it this week. The poet does not argue that God's justice is unjust. No, you know what he says? He says, God... You are just, but we want your compassion. God, I need your compassion again. Some of us, you got to get back to when Jesus saved you, man. You've let something else get in your way. You've worshipped the God of COVID. You've worshipped the God of race. You forgot it was Jesus that saved you, and it didn't matter if he was black, white, Chinese. Didn't matter if he was a- African, Canadian, Anarchan, Antarctican. Didn't matter who he was. You knew you just needed Jesus. All of a sudden, we're worried about if he's black or white and all this. I ain't worried about none of that. I need Jesus. Jesus can show up any color he wants. He can have a big old afro if he wants. He can have a, a Dutch boy haircut. I don't care. He can have a handlebar mustache, no mustache, thin mustache, goatee. I don't care. I just need Jesus. I ain't going to be like, oh, you're white. Surprise. Oh, Jesus, I didn't know you were black, so yeah, I don't need you. Nobody, we're going to fight about that right now. Confession of personal sinfulness sinfulness produced a deep introspection and caused us to look at the miseries we're experiencing, but it didn't just cause us to look at our misery. We saw somebody else. Until you see somebody else, you ain't ever, ever, ever going to change. Until I feel your pain and you feel my pain, if it's all about me, then I ain't ever going to see anything but my side. Now I'm going to hit you with something. We got to praise God anyway. We got to praise God anyway. Trouble don't last always. Y'all need to get some Timothy right in your life. Y'all, if you don't know who he is, Google it. 
YouTube it. Let that speak to you. Trouble don't last always. Hallelujah. You need to get a hold of some Douglas Miller. Douglas Miller says, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. It says, but if the storm won't cease, and even if the wind keeps on blowing in my life, my soul is anchored in the Lord. What's your soul anchored in? Is your soul anchored in your worldview? Is your soul anchored in your democratic position? Is your soul anchored in your republican position? Is your soul anchored in your whiteness? Is your soul anchored in your blackness? Is your soul anchored in your opinion? Where is your soul anchored? In your heritage or in your Christian heritage? Because that's going to determine when the storm blows. We praise God anyway. Lamentation 2.20, look, O Lord, and see with whom uh, uh, have you dealt uh, thus. Should women eat the fruit of their womb and the children they care for? Should priests and prophets be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? But look at what uh, Lamentations 3.22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. These terrible tragedies had befallen them, and right in the middle of the book, Five, cha- five chapters, right in the middle, all of a sudden, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It wasn't at the end of the struggle, and it wasn't at the beginning of the struggle. It was in the middle of the struggle that they learned to lament. And you and I need to learn how to lament in the middle of the struggle. Somebody check my heart rate. I'm glad I just got a really good doctor's update. Yes, Lord. They just took me off two, uh, just reduced two medications. Thank you, Jesus. But even if they didn't, my soul was still anchored in the Lord. Right in the middle of it, right in the middle of personal sin, national sin, and selfishness, there comes a lament of praise. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jesus is the anchor for your soul in the midst of this. And if you get, if Jesus gets lost in this, Jesus deserves all the praise, even if. I ain't praising Jesus no more because racism's happening in America. It's been happening longer than that, longer than you've been saved. I ain't praising Jesus no more because COVID's having a resurgence. People are giving up on Jesus left and right. Walking away from everything that they know. And you know that you've experienced the goodness of God. I don't have to convince you of that. You know that you know that you know you felt the presence of God. And now you're going to deny the presence of God and tell me it was affected by something else? Jesus. You see, we got a problem. And our problem is we want everything yesterday. You need to learn how to wait for God to bring justice. We need to learn how to wait for God to bring justice. We wait for God to bring justice. I don't know if y'all know who Korean soul is, but they sing a lot of gospel. Y'all need to look up the song, Jesus Will Fix It After a While. I'm giving y'all some soundtrack here to help you. I'm trying to help you. 
Jesus will fix it. You know what's going to happen in heaven? Jesus is going to be like, every time Jesus says something, I'm going to have a song for it. You know? I'll be like, Jesus, he will fix it. And Jesus is like, Mike, I'm talking right now. Oh, I just, you, you mentioned that, and then I thought it was my turn. You know? And he's like, like I was saying, but if the storm... Mike, not now. Not now. Every time, I'm going to be like, you gave me this voice in heaven. You know you didn't give me it on earth. How am I supposed to use it now? You know? Waiting on you. Right? He's like, I already came back. You ain't waiting no more. Stop. I'm going to be in time out in heaven. Y'all think I'm joking. Y'all are going to be tired of me in heaven, too. Y'all are going to be like, don't put me near his house. He sings all the time. He's got like a rock and roll voice, and then he's got a black gospel voice. Then he's got, he's singing in different languages. Lamentations 3, 58 and 59 says, you have taken up my cause, O Lord. Did you hear that? You have taken up my cause. I don't care if you take up my cause. I want God to take up my cause. Oh, Lord, you have redeemed my life. You have seen the wrong done to me. Oh, Lord, judge my cause. We need God to take up this cause. Jehovah. Jehovah was seen and appeared as the advocate, the next of kin for the prophet, Jeremiah, as he was facing persecutions that were aired against him, and he trusted in God for justice, but he got sawed in two. At least he ain't crying no more. He was a weeping prophet, but in heaven there ain't no tears. Jeremiah don't know what to do now. We ask God, listen to this. Now, don't miss this. And I, let me check my time because I'm going to see if they cut me off or not. Okay. We ask this question, how long? How long, God? You're tired of the injustice and rightly so. You're tired of COVID and rightly so, right? But what about God? What if God asked? You think God's tired of your evil? I might need two shields. You think God's tired of your hate? How long's God going to tolerate your hate? You think God's tired of your sin? You asking him how long, but he wants to know how long for you. How long till you turn to me? How long are you going to have this wrong attitude? How long do I have to put up with you? You see, waiting for God's justice isn't easy, but seeking justice by practicing un- injustice is not justifiable. Speaking words of hate to combat hate it, because you've been hated on is not licensed or ordained by God. And you know what you say? Let God judge and let me let you know. Yes, he will. The Bible says he's going to judge every idle word out of your mouth and my mouth. So y'all better watch what you're saying. Don't preach like that, Pastor. And then we get to the final. 
We're in the final stretch. We need to ask God to restore us. God, restore me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation, God. And renew a right spirit in me. Grant me a willing spirit. You see, chapter 5 of Lamentations changes. I told you, the others were acrostic. 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, 22 verses, 66, um, uh, with three verses starting with each letter in, in chapter 3. And then it gets to chapter 5, and he can't hold it anymore. He can't keep it anymore. And I don't know about you, but I think that's where some of us are today. He just can't hold it together anymore. There's anger, there's sorrow, there's pain, there's grief, and it just explodes onto the page. In chapter 5. But you know what chapter 5 starts to become? It becomes a communal prayer. It changes from the prophet talking about himself or the daughter of Zion talking about herself or the personification of the man. It takes and it starts to pray for the people. Church, until we begin to pray communally, And and I'm not just talking about City on a Hill Church, but I am talking about City on a Hill Church. But until the church begins to pray communally, until we begin to call upon the name of the Lord, Israel begs God not to ignore them. Israel begs God to not ignore their suffering. Israel begs God, please don't abandon me. Every time... Every time I hear the song and every time it says, God, I couldn't live one day without you. You see, I don't have the strength to make it on my own. Tears come to my eyes because I remember that's true. I can't make it a day without God. And this week there were times. This week there were times that prayer had to be real for me. I look at at people that I love deciding to go back to their people because we're not their people anymore. White and black. Well, if that's how they feel, I don't want to be with them. And I said, God, what's left for us if we do that? What's left? They take up the cause of the white man. They take up the cause of the black man. What's left for us? When are we going to take up the cause of Christ together again? And the truth is, I don't have an answer. You see, I felt desperate this morning. During worship, I text 
an email to the whole church saying, I need you to listen to this message, hoping that some of those that have now declared not interested in you anymore would just by chance listen and consider what's at stake. And some people say, oh, that's, that's because it's, it's your job. It's not my job. It's my calling. Trust me, I can find something else to do. I can, I've got a high education. I can go do something else. But I'm called to this. See, walking away would be easy. Because then I get to have a normal everyday life. And my job ends whenever the clock stops. But my job doesn't end. My worry for you doesn't end. It's 24-7. My grief for you doesn't end. My pain for you doesn't end. I can't shut off my, my love for my shepherd's heart for you. And even if you shut me out, I still love you. I can go sell things or I can go be a counselor. I can, go, I can list all the things I could do. But that's not what I'm called to do. Sometimes you just throw up your hands and say, man, I don't know if we're going to make it. But God, I know you're with us. And if we rebuild from the ground up like we did 10 years ago, then we'll rebuild. Whatever it takes. But we have to learn to lament on behalf of other people. We have to give voice to their pain. And the pain of others. That's what lamentation does. It starts to list all the people who are suffering. And they stop talking about themselves. And they start talking about other people. And they list. God, please don't forget the children. Who used to laugh and play. Now they beg for food. God, don't forget the moms. Who've seen the horror of their children. God, don't forget the priests. Who buried They're brothers and sisters. God, don't forget. You can read Lamentations 5, 11 through 14, and you'll see all the people that these people begin to pray for. And if we did that in 2020, you know what it would sound like? God, don't forget the vulnerable who are sick and vulnerable to COVID-19. Don't forget them because of my attitude. Don't forget them because it's a hoax. Don't forget them, God. Don't forget those who lost loved ones. And every time I say it's a hoax, I scratch the scab as they buried their loved one. God, don't forget them. God, don't forget my brothers and sisters, my black brothers and sisters who've been facing systemic racism. God, don't forget them. Don't forget them because I'm white and I didn't do it to them. So my excuse is I didn't do it to you. So that's my excuse not to love you because I'm white and I never did it to you. I never owned slaves, so I'm okay. Did I ever do it to you? Or did I do it in an attitude? Oh, don't talk about that, Pastor Mike. You better watch it. Oh, here's one that's going to make some people mad. What about our good and decent police officers? who face prejudice and danger every day. Let me personify that for you. In the second service, my brother Rich Linkwitz and his wife Wilma will be here, and they'll sit in this church. He is a white 
male police officer who's married to an African-American female. But when people see him on the street, they'd never have an idea and would immediately decide he's a bad cop because he's white and he's a man. Pray for the police that are trying to do their job, but they can't do it anymore because everybody's decided they're all evil. I told you I could fire you up. Pray for a country that stands divided on both sides claiming righteousness. Pray for those who've abandoned God to seek the false gods of sex, gender, politics, race, religion, and money. And Lamentation says, But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Restore us to yourself. Did it say restore us to where we were? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. Look at this in verse 22. Unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. End of It's lamentation time, church. It's self-introspection time. It's time for you and I to own the responsibility. It's time for you and I to cry out to God. It's time for you and I to repent. It's time for you and I to have communal prayer. It's time for you and I to feel the pain of someone other than you. It's time for you and I to stand up for Jesus. It's time for you and I to identify with Christ. None of what I shared with you will matter to you at all. It will fall clearly on deaf ears unless Jesus is the Lord of your life. If you have not totally surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if you have not admitted to Jesus that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, if you have not repented of your personal sins, if you have not received the Holy Spirit, if you have not believed that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you have not believed that Jesus is preparing a place for heaven for you, then none of this matters. Because all you have is this, and that's it. And then you face eternity without God. But... If you believe in Jesus, and if you receive Jesus, he'll give you the right to be called children of God. And that thing that you think you can't overcome, you'll overcome it by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, we need you more than anything. And God, I come to you right now and I'm just asking you to speak clearly to our hearts. Speak clearly to our lives. If you're listening right where you're at right now, maybe now's the time you personally repent. Right now you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, give me clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus, give me, renew a right spirit in me. 
Maybe today's the day you decide that you want to believe in Jesus. And the Bible says that if you receive the good news of Jesus Christ, you believe that He's the Son of God, that He died for your sin, that, that God raised Him back to life, and that He's preparing a place for you, then right now you confess and say, Jesus, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I receive you right now. I receive the Holy Spirit. I am forgiven. I am whole. I am healthy. I am changed. Holy Spirit, come and live in me. I know I won't be perfect, but I'm being perfected. I give you my heart. I give you my life. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray this prayer. Maybe that's you this morning. Or maybe you're the Christian that has become calloused. And you've let other things cloud your view of Jesus. And you've justified your wrong behaviors. Right now, repent. Come back to God. We need your mercy and your grace, God. It's in the name of Jesus that we present these prayers to you. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning? Because